Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Cosmos, Cosmos Space-Time Odyssey, and Cosmos Possible Worlds. Possible Worlds, Episode 4, titled Vavilov. Oh my god. Oh my freaking god. This episode. It's a masterpiece. It is an absolute goddamn masterpiece. I love literally everything about it. It's perfection. It's complete and utter perfection. It's easily the best episode of Possible Worlds so far. It's probably the best of the Tyson era, period. And I'm going to be honest, there's a part of me that thinks this might just be best Cosmos in general. No qualifiers, just... Best Cosmos. There is a part of me that genuinely believes that. It's incredible. It's an incredible hour of television. And rather than do, rather than do the typical play-by-play, like diving into all the things that happen in the episode, here's a thing that occurred that Tyson talked about. How cool was that? Uh, that I normally tend to do these days. I want to take some time, and do a bit of a deeper dive into what makes this episode so amazing, into why this episode is so utterly fantastic. So, this episode, it is a story-driven episode. It is much more reliant on telling a compelling narrative than just giving an information dump. We've seen this happen a couple times before, particularly in Space Time Odyssey. Uh, most of the episode uh, is around the story of uh, Vavilov, the geneticist who went around the world, uh, the Russian geneticist, I should say, who went around the world collecting all these seeds from various plants and tracked them all back to their most distant ancestor 
to try and find a way to genetically engineer newer, stronger crops to stop famine, not just in Russia, but worldwide. Uh, And the targeting he faced from the Soviet government, the persecution he faced from the Soviet government, particularly from uh, one fellow scientist who just had a massive, massive resentment for him. Uh, The lies that were told about him and about the science behind this stuff. Uh, His eventual arrest and torture for bullshit reasons. For no other reason than he, like, spoke out against the government's, like, just propaganda. Uh, And then eventually the Nazi invasion where Hitler was uh, dropping bombs on Leningrad. Wanted that seed bank that Vevilov developed and this group of botanists were kind of just holding the line guarding that seed bank with their lives literally with their lives like they literally allowed themselves to starve to death so that this seed bank could live on and we can continue to have this hope uh for newer and better crops so that we have less famine so we have less people starving to death Uh, It's a really beautiful, really compelling, really inspiring and emotional story. It hits so, so freaking hard at every possible opportunity. Uh, Cosmos' strength has always been talking about the achievements of scientists throughout history in a compelling way. Cosmos has always been very good at humanizing scientific figures throughout history. This is on another level. This is on a complete other level. It shatters expectations even by Cosmos standards. It's beautiful, beautiful storytelling. It's beautifully, beautifully crafted. Uh, And of course, Neil deGrasse Tyson does a good job of playing Margot Robbie in a bathtub, uh, occasionally coming in and saying, uh, hey, just so you know, here's the scientific blah 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 that you need to know for this story to make any form of sense to properly grasp the story. Like, he has that bit going through, uh, here's the discussions of, uh, here's the discoveries of Darwin and that other guy who invented the field of genetics. Uh, here's what they figured out. Here's, uh, the building blocks to what Vavilov would eventually accomplish. Uh, here's the history of famines in the world. Here's how, like, we first got into agriculture as a as a species, all that, like, just sort of uh, giving you that context, uh, giving you that scientific background to just be like, here's why this is important. Here's everything you need to know when you need to know it to understand exactly how big of an impact Vavilov and uh, these botanists had, to understand exactly what they were doing. Uh He plays that role very well in a very, like, sparing way that it works to the exact perfect degree. And I want to also talk about their use of stop motion in this episode. Now, typically what Cosmos does is they do this simplistic 2D hand-drawn art style, which works. It's really, really beautiful. Uh, It's really, really impressive. It absolutely 100% gets the point across, like, 99% of the time, it is perfect. But, 
when you have a story this important, when you have a story this vital, and when you have a story this human, you kind of need that extra boost to just make sure the audience knows, hey, this is a bigger deal than anything else we've talked about before. You kind of need that extra complexity. You kind of need that extra nuance uh, in the art. You kind of need to get that extra little piece of humanity in there. And stop motion being a very complex, very intricate art form with a lot more room for nuance uh, than the simplistic 2D hand-drawn animation style that Cosmos has been using is a perfect vehicle for that. Uh, I have long been a big proponent of stop of stop motion. Uh, I have, for a very long time, have uh, spoken out in support of this unfortunately dying art form. Uh, I have long been in support of the Leicas and Ardmans of the world. Uh, and if I believe, if I remember correctly, I believe this is from the same team who made Anomalisa, which unfortunately I haven't seen. I really want to watch it now. Uh, after watching this episode, it's breathtaking stop motion. It's really incredible. Certainly the best I've seen on television. Uh, certainly the best I've seen in a short form space. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic, and it brilliantly uh, takes advantage of that art style. Brilliantly takes advantage of the greater complexities and greater nuances you can get from that more human feel. Uh, and because thing, things look less like crude 2D hand-drawn stuff and more like this more modern, more three-dimensional, uh, closer to full-blown human, full-blown live-action aesthetic, like, it just hits harder. It just hits harder than the typical 2D animation. Again, like, not to disparage the 2D animated sequences we've seen so far in these Cosmos shows, they're great. They're amazing, but, like, this needed something more. And stop motion provided something more so, so beautifully in such a spectacular, spectacular way. And so when Neil deGrasse Tyson drops, like, the big <laughs> bombshell, no pun intended, of, like, yeah, after Vavilov got imprisoned and tortured a bunch of times, and by the way, he who wanted to stop the world from going hungry, wanted to stop famine in the world, was forced to starve to death. Because he dared to say, hey, this stupid idea of just soaking seeds in ice water and assuming their descendants will also be able to survive in cold temperatures, which is based on an, a, a long-debunked theory, by the way, like... It has no scientific basis, in fact. Like, just... Just for speaking up of just like, hey, this is bullshit and will only make things worse. Mine, my method is based on actual science, and yeah, it'll take a bit. Yeah, it'll take a while. But, like, it's better than nothing, which is what you're suggesting. Which is what your path will go down. And for that, he was arrested and forced to starve to death. Uh, and forced to endure all this interrogation while more people, thousands of people, were starving. Like, it's just... Like, that alone hits hard, but then you get into the Nazi invasion. Hitler, unlike Stalin, seeing the importance of 
uh, those seeds, that seed bank that Vevilov opened up, and the botanists just getting in a room and staying there and allowing themselves to starve to death just so they could, just so the seeds could remain safe. Like, and this is a sacrifice that bettered humanity. That actively bettered humanity. Who the hell knows how many famines were averted by those seeds simply being in existence? By those seeds remaining protected after World War II was over. And then we have that seed bank still today that can hold like, what, 4.5 million seeds? Uh, And Neil deGrasse Tyson very eloquently says, like, hey, did you eat today? Good chance you ate a descendant of one of those seeds. And by the way, funny story, uh, breaking up the (laughs) talk of this compelling narrative uh, to talk about this humorous thing. I was eating dinner while I was watching this. And, like, literally, I had picked up a piece of garlic bread. I had popped it in my mouth. Like, was biting down, and then Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying, uh, have you eaten today? And then I had, like, this cartoon moment where I just, like, stopped biting down, the garlic bread was still in my mouth, and and my eyes were just, like, wide, and, and like, <laughs> I just, I sat there for what felt like an hour, <laughs> but was probably five seconds, and, like, my eyes just slowly drifted down to the garlic bread that was still, like, in my mouth, chomped between, between my teeth. <laughs> And I was just like, oh? <laughs> it was just such a cartoonishly stupid moment. <laughs> it was so dumb. Uh, but we have that. And by the way, so here's another thing that I want to talk about. We've talked fairly significantly about Cosmos Possible Worlds. About being a show dedicated to humanity's future. Whereas Space Time Odyssey was a general educational thing, Possible Worlds has been more focused on using the science of the past and applying it to the future. Applying it to where humanity will go next. So it is very strange that such a show would have an entire episode dedicated to telling the story of some uh, genetic botanist from pre-World War II Russia, from the Soviet Union. And it did kind of, I was kind of scratching my head going, why, like, this is great, I love this, but like, why is this in a show that has already sort of made its name, it's just like, this is the show of the future, this is the show talking about Let's use the knowledge we have now to go into the future and look at where humanity could go next. And then the ending happens. And Neil deGrasse Tyson sings the praises of these botanists. And then says those final words. And I'm gonna butcher them. I'm sorry. It was something along the lines of, if only our future... If only our future was as precious to us 
as theirs was to them, or something along those lines. And then we have this one lingering shot on these icicles in the freaking Arctic, dripping, melting. This allusion to the ever-present threat of climate change. And at that point, it dawned on me, oh shit, Neil deGrasse Tyson wasn't telling a story here. He was given a goddamn roadmap. He was given a roadmap of the type of people we need to have, uh, the ways in which the scientific community needs to fight, uh, the, the sacrifices that need to be made, and the challenges that need to be endured to combat climate change. This was not a story of the past. This was a roadmap for the present. Think of the type of things the Vlov endured. A cr- an existential crisis that threatened a civilization. And one that was man-made. Manufactured through complete incompetence. Stalin coming in and just deciding, hey, I'm going to destroy an entire class and push a bunch of people off farms. And so we create an immediate shortage of food. And a crisis that had an active... An active propaganda wing spreading false science for their own interests. Spreading false solutions... And completely ignoring actual fact. Uh, There was a complete faction in leadership that was like allowing the top brass of that civilization to bury their heads in the sand. And Vavilov being the lone sane person saying, no, that's not how anything works. And so many people just dismiss him entirely and actively try to discredit him. Because he said something that they didn't agree with. Now, obviously, this isn't a one-to-one comparison. As far as I'm aware, uh, no scientist saying climate change is a real thing. Here's what we need to do to fix it. Uh, As far as I know, none of them have been (laughs) dragged from their homes and tortured and forced to starve to death. Like, the the, the comparison kind of breaks down, but that's regardless of that. Everything up until that point, you squint real hard, it looks a hell of a lot like how society is responding to climate change. You squint real hard, it looks a hell of a lot like the type of society that we live in now where far too many leaders are actively annoying, uh, actively annoying, actively ignoring (laughs) the very real science behind the very real danger of climate change and what needs to be done to fix it. And once you figure that out, the entire episode takes on this whole other whole other meaning. Again, this was not a story of the past. It looked a hell of a lot like it. It was told in such a way 
But if you look deeper under the surface, this was not that. This was a roadmap for the present and a roadmap for the future. This is what we need to do now to ensure humanity's future down the line. That is why this story is taking up an entire episode in a show dedicated to using science's past and present to speculate on the future, to prepare for the future, to glimpse into what humanity could be tomorrow. This was a Trojan goddamn horse. And it's so subtle and so brilliant and so magnificent. And I loved it. It's so weird. It's so weird how one shot, one single shot of icicles melting completely changed the context of the entire episode. Like, it's incredible. It's incredible filmmaking. It really, really is. This episode is spectacular. I love it with every fiber of my being. We peaked. (laughs) We absolutely freaking peaked. Uh, And I love it. I I love it so goddamn much. Anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to uh, the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's the work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, On Monday, we will be discussing Cosmos Possible Worlds Episode 5. Talk to you then.